Beth Noon. Welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Cole, and I will be talking about Chaucer's Lovebirds. This is Randy, and I will be talking about flowers for Valentine's. This is Sydney, and I will be talking about unique Valentine's Day gifts. So this sounds like a very fun Valentine's-oriented episode. But first, what holiday happenings do we have for the week? Well, this is the Year of the Rat. So I saw some fun Year of the Rat Lunar New Year cards at Target. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Chinese New Year cards before at the store. There's only like... Two or three. Oh, okay. And it was Very all like small section. amidst the Valentine's Day section, so it's like super hard to tell where they were. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they're still there. It's still more than I've seen because I've seen none before. Right. <laughs> it is, it's, it's progress. Popping, yeah. It is popping up on Facebook, and it's popping up a lot more than I've seen before, too. I thought it was funny because Disney was advertising it as a year of the rat, but associating it with Mickey. I know. Mickey Mouse <laughs> it's a year of the mouse. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait. A mouse and a rat are not the same thing. No. 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 Good try, Disney. <laughs> Isn't rat tattooey? That would be a good thing to... Yeah, oh, that's, that's true. That's true. A rat is just kind of a bigger mouse, so maybe they're thinking that's more Mickey. <laughs> just larger Mickeys. Maybe. Just larger Mickeys. <laughs> we also took a trip to Pennsylvania this week. And not that that's a holiday, well, I guess it's a vacation kind of holiday, to go visit Beth's niece and her husband. Yeah, uh, Rookie and Dustin. We got to see a lot of different types of weather yes. on the way up there and the way back. And a lot of snow on the ground. It right. was a lot of fun. I love Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania scenery. I grew up there. I love seeing the snow and the fact that it stays there on the ground and doesn't just melt away. Right. The last several times we've been up there, we've had some pretty intense fog or low clouds or rain or lots of different types of weather. Although, when we went up for Christmas, there was no snow on the ground. It was pretty warm. That was pretty sad. That was so sad, yeah. The other thing was, as of this recording, last Monday was Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, which is a federal holiday, so some of us had off, some of us... Got off. got off after lunch. After lunch, <laughs> which was nice. But that was a nice so day nice. <laughs> to have a shorter week because we also, some of us had Friday off. Sorry, Cole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get anything off. <laughs> no, not anything off that way. Going forward, though, we will now jump into our fun Valentine's topics. Topics. Very fun. So, if you don't know who uh, Jeffrey Chaucer was, he was a poet in the 14th century. Did anyone here know who no. he was? I knew who I knew Chaucer was a poet. Chaucer was okay. Did I you? didn't remember his name was Geoffrey, but I knew who Chaucer was. Yeah, well, it was probably pronounced differently. No, back Chaucer is Geoffrey. <laughs> oh, Geoffrey. Yeah, that's interesting. How well, it's spelled you know with G E O, like Geoffrey or Joffrey, something. Yeah. Could have been or Geoffrey if we go after. <laughs> okay, gifts sure. Geoffrey. <laughs> uh, so he was. A lot of people consider the first person to link the Catholic martyr Valentine with love in his poem, Parliament of Foles, uh, which is written to celebrate the anniversary of the engagement of King Richard II to Anne of Bohemia. Oh. In the earliest of Valentines, uh, all the birds, the Parliament of Fowls, are gathered in the Garden of Love. So they have the... 
the version here written in the old English, which I'm not going to try to oh, pronounce. Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, all you old English All you majors. old English. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to say it. For this was St. Valentin's Day, when every fowl cometh there to chase his make. Okay. So, not, not too yeah. bad. Not too crazy. You, so you can kind of get the spirit of it. So it's a place where all birds came together right. to find their mates. So this, um, and then translated to modern English, for this was on St. Valentine's Day when every bird came there to choose his mate. Oh. So in the 14th century, a lot of people believed that um, around this time was when birds would find their mate. So Chaucer chose February 14th as the day that he thought all the birds came together to choose their mate, which was um, actually a little early for birds in 14th century England. They would not have started mating that early. It's still snowy period of time there. Right, right. So they were still chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Yeah, they didn't mean to do that. He wanted to use February 14th as uh, new spring and kind of the symbolic coming of new life, even though it was still winter. So a lot of readers assumed that Chaucer meant February 14th. Some think that Chaucer could have meant the feast day of St. Valentine of Genoa, uh, who is a early bishop of Genoa, uh, which is celebrated around the 3rd of May, which would have been sort of much closer to bird mating season. Well, yeah, if you date it back to regions close to the Mediterranean, then it would be earlier in the year, warmer in the in the year. Right, right. And Chaucer would have been writing from England. Right, but if, if he's thinking of other parts of If he's of thinking Europe, of, yeah. yeah. One note is that the date on which spring begins has changed since Chaucer's time because of the procession of the equinoxes and the introduction of a more accurate Gregorian calendar would have been about 200 years after this was written. So on the Julian calendar, in the use of Chaucer's time, February 14th would have fallen on the date now, uh, which would be February 23rd, a time when some of the birds in England would have been nesting. Hmm. So you got it partially right. So we got it a little, (laughs) yeah. It could possibly. Right? Right. Um, Which I think is funny because it's really not that big a time difference. It's about ten, nine days between the two. But I guess the birds care. They yeah, yeah. They're, very, uh, they're very precise about that kind of thing. So the earliest description of February 14th as an annual celebration of love appears in the Charter of the Court of Love, the charter allegedly issued by Charles VI of France in 1400. It describes the lavish festivities to be attended by several members of the royal court. So the poem begins with the narrator reading from Cicero, in the hopes of learning some certain thing, when he falls asleep, Scipio Africanus the Elder appears to him and guides him up through the celestial spheres to a gate promising both a well of grace and a stream that letteth the sore will wear there as a fish in prison is all dry. So, everybody got that, right? Does that mean? <laughs> Crystal clear, clear as mud. Yep. So, uh... <laughs> This is um, reminiscent of the famous grimly inscribed gates in Dante's Inferno. Wow. 
So after some deliberation at the gate, the narrator enters and passes through the dark temple of Venus with its friezes of doomed lovers out into the bright sunlight. Okay. Great. Here, nature is... Well, he's in the sunlight. Well, it's not now. Good now. Oh, he, the friezes of doomed lovers is I think that's is what I was thinking. Right. Yeah. But now he's fine. Okay. In the bright sunlight, nature is convening a parliament at which the birds will all choose their mates. So, so the three male eagles make their case for the hand of the female eagle until the birds of lower estates begin to protest and launch into a comic parliamentary debate, which nature herself finally ends. None of the three male eagles win the female, for uh, at her request, nature allows her to put off her decision for another year. That's interesting. So, nature, as the ruling figure, is allowing the female the right not to choose, to choose or not to choose, uh, and is acknowledging the importance of free will, which is ultimately the foundation of the one of the key themes in the poem, that of common profit. Nature allows the other birds, however, to pair off, and the dream ends with a song welcoming the new spring. The dreamer awakes, still unsatisfied, and returns to his books, hoping still to learn the thing for which he seeks. The connection between this poem and St. Valentine's Day is really February 14th, and that um, Chaucer chose to use that as the day um, to make his connection between love and Valentine. It's St. Valentine. Right. Cool. Right, because of the pairing up of the birds and the right, right. So and the that's... nature of free will and freely choosing the person or whatever to love your mate, your mate. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So it's interesting that that connection with Chaucer and Saint Valentine's goes back to the fourteen hundreds or close to the fourteen hundreds because that really wasn't that long ago when you think about traditions and how some of the traditions we've looked at date back to like Roman times or. Yeah, further back. Yeah, a lot of festivals like uh, Saturnalia and... Right. And looking back on when that started, the traditions associated with Valentine's kind of happened over the centuries later than that. For instance, the tradition of giving Valentine's flowers to the one you love dates back to the late 17th century in Europe. So some statistics on flowers in general. So obviously what flowers are the most... Focused on for Valentine's Day. Red roses. Yeah, red roses, right? So if you look at um, what consumers are buying for Valentine's Day, 84% of what they're buying um, is roses in general. Uh, Red roses is 69% of all roses that are given. (laughs) The next set is white roses, pink roses, and then a mixed color of roses follows that. Who in general are buying the roses? Men. Husbands, yeah. So by far, men are buying more of the roses. About 62% um, of the purchases for Valentine's Day in general are made by men. And buying flowers, it's 82%. So 82% of those buying flowers is men for somebody in their life. It's interesting. 62% of all purchases, of all purchases are by men. For Valentine's I Day. I would have thought that was much higher. I would have thought that would have been more like 85%. So I'm I'm thinking, oh, 
Mm-hmm. That's a lot of women buying flowers also then. Right. Probably for like their moms or yeah. things like well, that. Yeah, that's true. Well, the flowers was 82%. Yeah, specifically flowers. Specifically was flowers was 82% of men buying them. Was it men that bought those? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, gotcha. 62 is the that. total. Right. Okay. Everything, yeah. So then if you look at flowers across holidays, which holidays give out the most flowers from a gifting perspective? So Valentine's Day, right. Easter probably, Mother's, Mother's Day. Day, right? No, Mother's Day's third. Really? Christmas is second. Really? Valentine's Day, Christmas, Christmas Mother's flowers. Day, then Easter. Are they counting um, poinsettias? Are they counting poinsettias? Yeah, that it's all it's yeah. all fresh yeah. flowers and plants. Okay. So it could be living or game. cut. Yeah, that's right. That's then why Christmas is in there. Exactly. Yes. Now, <laughs> well, living plants does that include trees? That's yeah, true I so. too. I guess yeah. So. Because then there's the living Christmas trees too. Harbor Day. Um, so, if you look, if you don't look at just holidays, you look at reasons. Top reasons to give flowers out. What would you give? Top reasons. Yeah. Like holiday. Well, I'll give you number one is birthday. Okay. So, it's not a so birthday, Valentine's Day. Oh. So it's birthday, first anniversary, second. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of. So it's actually. You don't. It yeah. takes a while to get to Valentine's Day when you look at reasons: birthday, anniversary, and appreciation or thank you. Home decoration actually beats out Valentine's Day. Really? What about get well? Uh, get well is below is below Valentine's sympathy and okay. get well below Valentine's. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Also, very interesting. Um, I want to note that apology is on here too. Yes, apology is right behind Valentine's Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to give flowers on Valentine's Day. Ironically, it's the day also after Valentine's Day. <laughs> yes, yes. That's hilarious. So if you think about why do we give out flowers, what's the connection between giving out flowers on Valentine's Day and why red roses specifically? In the late 17th century, King Charles II of Sweden had gone on a trip to Persia and in that trip, he found that the Ottoman Empire had this thing called the language of flowers, where they much more, just all the time, year-round, gave people flowers, cut flowers, live flowers, for reasons. Like, they, like long kind of descriptions of reasons why you would give a flower out. So he brought this back to Sweden, and it became very popular across uh, Europe to give out flowers to convey messages specifically for things that they couldn't, they felt like they couldn't say out loud, so they could give a flower to somebody. And this also uh, was true not in just the Ottoman Empire, but also in the Mexican world oh. at the time. Was really big on flowers, so you can actually find a lot of lists of flower symbolisms and their meanings all over the world. I happened to pick one that was North American centric, that kind of came from Europe, and as, so I'd say North American and Europe lists are pretty similar. But other ones it's, are... It's interesting. That reminds me. We've both been to Russia. Do you remember the significance of the number of flowers in Russia? No. In Russia, it's important not to give someone an even number of flowers. Oh, I do. Yes, yep. that's right. Do you right. remember why? Because the even numbers of flowers are only used when someone has died or for oh. a funeral. Oh. So it's kind of like a... So if you give them you an You don't even, want bad luck or whatever. So it's very rude to give someone an even number of flowers. Which is funny because if you think about it from our perspective, like if I order flowers for somebody, I'm either getting like a standard, a deluxe, or ultra deluxe 
bouquet, I never know how many flowers are in it. Like, from an American standpoint, you, they don't say there's going to be 15, yeah, in 20, bouquets. or 25. They just give right. you a right. general... With the mixed flowers. So right. you could mm-hmm. be being very rude unintentionally or unintentionally making a threat to someone by giving or, them funeral flowers. Right. And if you know better, you can say... Right. Make sure that it's in, in an odd number of flowers, yes. right. meaning that, not even. That made me think of that because there's, there's so much symbolism in different countries. For, there are. Yeah. And, and the colors and the types of flowers mean different things. So, you know, in this world where the world's much smaller, people from come from different countries all over the place, you kind of have to know what you're giving. For instance, yellow flowers in the United States can some, sometimes mean you're a friend. So yeah, you it's just yellow, making friendship. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, in in some lists, it means that that they disappointed you. What? <laughs> yes. Can we give flowers for disappointment? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You can give flowers for for a lot of different things, and we'll go over that in a second. Huh. The reason the rose took on special meaning because it did uh, connect back to Greek mythology and Aphrodite. So it is said that the rose bush grew from the ground through Aphrodite's tears and the blood of her lover Adonis. The Romans, who turned Aphrodite into their goddess, Venus, kept the rose as her symbol of love and beauty. So when Valentine's Day became mainstream and the connection to flowers was happening through Charles II, the rose took on the meaning of love. So it's interesting, in the 1800s, it was actually in 1811, that the first uh, flower dictionary came into being that kind of defined the meanings of the flowers for Europe. And then learning the bat, you know, kind of like spread across Europe and became a really big thing, such that in the 1800s, learning the special symbolism of flowers became a popular pastime. Nearly all Victorian homes had, alongside the Bible, guidebooks for deciphering the language of flowers. That's so That's funny. Crazy. So it became a really big thing back then. So, and there's a lot of nuance to it, which is why, you know, depending on which list you're looking at, you know, you, you could send the wrong message. Yeah. Oh, so there are different lists, too. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yes, yes, different. Now, most of them were, were at least similar. So, like, the rose, at least, the red rose, at least, was love in general. But um, you can send, there's a, like, I printed out a list that must have, I don't know, 100, 150 flowers on it. And uh, just, like, some things, for instance, the cactus has the um, meaning of endurance, uh, the candy tuft flower has the meaning of indifference. So can you can you see sending a flower to somebody because you feel because you're indifferent this is, towards them? This is funny. Is this what the color they are to the yes. color of the flower? Well, that depends on where like you can find them. If you're oh, okay. sending if you're sending flowers and spending money on it, to send it to say you're indifferent seems a little. Well, you'd be surprised the length that people go for passive aggression. <laughs> for pettiness? <laughs> for pettiness, yeah. Right. Bluebells yeah. are uh, symbolize humility. Oh. The lily is one that symbolizes wealth and pride. Uh, so there's a, I mean, there's just long, long list so this of is, things. This is what the other person, how the person sending feels about the other person. That's right. Okay. Right. Mistletoe, as you would expect, would, is kiss me or, you know, you're having interest. Uh, affection towards somebody. Moss is maternal love and charity. So there's a number of uh, different meetings along I feel like the way. Moss isn't. 
<laughs> it <laughs> like is. You should, you should be something sending more than some moss to your mother. <laughs> Maybe. But it's the meaning. So That's what we're important. Gonna, what we're going to do, we're going to play a little build a plot game with okay. flowers. So I'm going to give you guys a list of flowers in order. Okay. And you're going to build like a hallmark kind of plot around that list of flowers to share. Okay. All right. And I'll give you an example to start with to kind of help you. So what I've done is create four plots of stories, basically listing in order a number of flowers that have certain meaning. And then what I want you to do is create a general story. If that's the timeline of events, so this was meant to be sequential, what was going on in those people's lives in a short plot format. So I'll start off with the story of Beth and Randy, for Aww. instance. Yeah. We have, a, we so, have a flower story? We do. So I first gave Beth a chrysanthemum, which was, you're a wonderful friend, is the meaning of that one. Cheerfulness and rest. Right. Then she gave me a yellow rose, which indicated joy and friendship. Then I gave her a violet flower, which m- means let's take a chance on happiness because I wanted to be more than friends. Okay. <laughs> this next one's funny. <laughs> she gave me back a bouquet of withered flowers, which means rejected yeah. love. <laughs> and I got myself some dead leaves, which meant sadness. <laughs> but then I also got a cactus, which meant endurance because I was going to be persistent. There was no uh, flower for persistence. Uh, cactus with endurance was the one I is the closest one I could find. I put on my musk cluster of roses, which was my charming meaning. Okay. And I won you over, which ended up with red roses for love and respect, which ended up with Stephanotis flower, which was happiness in marriage and desire to travel, <laughs> which I thought was funny. It happiness is. in marriage and desire to travel. So that's kind of our story in a nutshell. All right. So what I'm going to I'm going to assign each of you a plot. Okay. Uh, Cole, you're going to have the third plot. Beth, you're going to have plot two, which is number three, and then Sydney, oh. you'll have plot one, which is number two. So you have the one oh. that's labeled plot one. Okay. So okay. I'm going to have the one labeled plot two. Yes. And okay, Cole, so you'll just... have plot three. Okay. All right. But then so mine gonna... is the one that has. So some... we'll pause and come back with okay. our flower plots. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that was a, a quick break from the listener's perspective. Took a little while <laughs> on our side uh, to get our little plots together. Right. So uh, they're going to take each of um, our contestants are going to take turns um, going through based on the flowers that I gave them. I gave them a list of anywhere from nine, ten ish, seven to seven to nine, I think. Okay, so we will start with Sydney and her plot story. That's right. Just to remind the listeners, I am plot number one. Just to set up the scene, Samantha, a very high up person in her organization in the city. The big city. The the big city. (laughs) Comes back to her small hometown and meets Jonathan, her childhood friend. Oh. What? Yeah. Uh, Samantha... Or Sam gives the chrysanthemum to Jonathan. It means, General, you're a wonderful friend, cheerfulness, and rest. Jonathan, in return, gives back the gladiolus flower, meaning, give me a break, I'm really sincere. 
So he obviously has feelings for Sam. Oh, he caught yeah. feelings. Or he's a gladiator. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, this oh, is my story. Well, it's the flower of gladiators. <laughs> yeah. This would have taken an interesting turn. <laughs> Sam gives back Camellia, which means you're adorable. Oh, why don't we have, why don't we know that? And that's the flower. white Camellia. That's right. So she's beginning to see his adorable side. Shenanigans have been ensuing. What? <laughs> Imagine the Hallmark part where um, you have the montage like baking montages oh, oh, yes. or oh, okay. i was thinking presumably around. one or both of them have dropped something in an adorable but clumsy manner oh yes yes all that <laughs> so there's a dance in town what so jonathan gives the viscaria will you dance with me sam in returns gives the yellow tulip Meaning there's sunshine in your smile. Wow. <laughs> so she's very happy that Uh-oh. she... To be his dance partner? Yes. Sam also gives the rose lavender, which means enchantment. She is enchanted by Jonathan. He is very much impressed her. Jonathan finally gives mistletoe, mean, meaning kiss me, affectionate, affection to surmount difficulties, secret plan of India, magic plan of the Druid. For this plot, it just means... Affection. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> or love. And I want to note that you included mistletoe on all of these. <laughs> well, they all It was important. <laughs> yes. yes. So finally, Sam and Jonathan received the Stephanotis, meaning happiness in marriage and desire to travel. So they are happily married after their Hallmark story. Now, this is not a lifetime story because the mistletoe is towards the end. Right. So it's a Hallmark. No thing. kissing ahead of <laughs> no time. Kissing yeah. ahead it has time. to be at t- the end. Lots of almost love. kissing. <laughs> That's right. Broken up by a child or a door opening or right. or yeah. a mom. Right. It has or to be um, the almost kiss in there somewhere. Or right. somebody yelling for one of them from somewhere else in the house. Right. So Sydney, that was great. That, that was is great. Good use of gladiolus, which was the I'm sincere, but give me a break. You know, I want to be more than friends mm-hmm. kind of flower. So oh, thank you. Very fun. Very nice. Right. All right, and I am up next here. So Charles, around Christmas time, um, he also lives in the city, but he's not going home. This just takes place in the city. So he goes into a little Italian flower shop to buy flowers for someone special uh, and important to him. But that's where he meets Gina, who runs the flower shop. Oh. That's a good flower shop owner name. Gina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. So she is very happy to... Help him uh, pick out Gloxenia, which is love at first sight, which is significant for him. Obviously, he's not giving these to Gina, but right. you know, for the for the sake of the plot, he um, sees them. Yeah, we all know. Yeah, we mean. all know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And of course, he wants to come back as much as he can to to talk to her more. So next time he comes back, he buys rose leaf, which means you may hope. So in this case, he has hope. He has hope. Right. He's not getting the reciprocation that he wants yet. I got you. From Gina. From Gina, but he's working on it. All right. So on his way back to the flower shop, he stops by a little outdoor Christmas stand and picks up some of the hot almonds that people are always selling in the city at these... (laughs) (laughs) Street corners. Yep, at these street corners. So he goes back to the shop and through the window... He sees Gina hugging someone, hugging oh, another man. No. Yep. And nuts means stupidity. Oh, nuts. So he just That's, eats them sadly. So he just sadly <laughs> eats them and he goes away. That's Feeling stupid. stupid. 
he keeps going back and forth on whether he's going to be with Gina or he has this other close friend that he's, you know. So next time he goes in, he buys Larkspur, a pink Larkspur, which means fickleness, which he then gives to his other friend. So there's a little, a little drama going on there. No. Confusion. The next time that he goes in, he finds out that it was her cousin who was in town. Oh, it so, wasn't. Of course. Yeah, this and it wasn't romantic. It wasn't huh? romantic. No. He buys ambrosia, um, which symbolizes that his love is being reciprocated, and she does reciprocate his love. Uh, and then, of course, as they're. She walks him out, and as they're walking out, there's mistletoe above the door, which means kiss me, affection, to surmount <laughs> difficulties, sacred plant of India, magic plants of the druids. So he has the sign that he needs, and then they go out dancing together on a romantic night. But in their night of dancing, they finally kiss, and they both realize that they're not meant for each other. And he gives her a cyclamen flower as they go out, and he goes to be with the other woman who he's really in love with. So this is a lifetime movie. I guess this is a lifetime <laughs> movie. Or murder's a mystery. <laughs> there was a death involved in some way. Well, this is just sad, Cole. I know. We don't even That's, know this other person. It's not sad. They both realize that they're not meant for each other. Right. and so we're They both have their them. own happy endings. But what flower is next? What happy flower is next? What happy flower is next? I don't know. You Does he to, maybe elope with her? Stick around for part two. <laughs> Did he give her maybe the other girl a spider flower, which means elope, elope with, with me? me? I'm <laughs> sure he wanted to. He picked it up on the shop on his way out. <laughs> From Gina. <laughs> From Gina. Gina yep. handed it to him. Here, yep. go elope with your other friend. Well, she realized, too, that he wasn't meant for her. So right. They, right. It was, yeah. a mutual it, was, it was a mutual thing. Pardon. Gotcha. Mutual, I'm sure. Mutual, <laughs> I'm sure. To that's quote, from... That's from uh, White, White Christmas. Christmas. Yep. So my plot is about Ken and Marie. Oh, Ken and Marie. Now, Ken and Marie work in the city. They work in... A big company, really not sure which what kind, but they had they were in two different offices, so they are never they've never worked together. Due to a project, they are thrown together and they are sent to a small town to accomplish their project. Probably the renovation of a house for a company, like a company retreat, yes, mm-hmm. or something okay. like that. So Ken sent Marie, after working with with her for a little while, variegated tulips because she has beautiful eyes, and that's what that means. She didn't have a lot of feelings for him. It was sweet. She kind of knew she had beautiful eyes, so she felt appreciated (laughs) for her physical feature um, and that he noticed. But she thought of him more as, as a friend. So she sent him candy tufts, which means indifference. It was a little sad. So, Ken sent Marie Hyacinth and invited her to his ice hockey game. This is obviously set in December or in time Canada. frame. Or in Canada. Or in time <laughs> And filmed in Canada. <laughs> now, while at the ice hockey game, she saw that he was good at ice hockey, but he also helped an injured teammate off the ice. So, she also saw that he was noble. So, Marie sent Ken magnolias for nobility Mixed with carnations, which meant, sorry, I can't be with you. Wish I could be with you. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's, she's thinking about it now. She's thinking about it, but she really thinks that, you know, they're working together closely. on. The, 
Yeah, she doesn't really want to mix business and mm. pleasure. You know, there's just that line. Well, Marie saw Ken out with her rival, Rachel, <gasps> from the city. Rachel, what a rotten <laughs> Rachel came to check up on the what was happening with the company retreat renovation. Of course, Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. And asked Ken out. So Marie sent Ken yellow hyacinths for jealousy. And after that, she wouldn't return his texts. So Ken sent Marie purple hyacinths to ask for forgiveness, which means, I am sorry, please forgive me. Forgiveness for what? He didn't do anything wrong. He was always her her rival, Rachel. (laughs) And he knew that she was her rival. Probably oh, not. Man. Oh, okay. Because they work in different offices. <laughs> the men the men in the Hallmark movies are always very oblivious. <laughs> they are. But Rachel's just manipulative like it's that. And Beth. she should have known. If he cared about her, he should have stayed true to that Beth care. Just to, it's best just to say you're sorry sometimes. <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's a purple hyacinth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Marie went to Ken's house with mistletoe, which means kiss me in affection because she forgave him. Uh, it also means to surmount difficulties, <laughs> the sacred plan of India, and the plan of the Druids. Magic plan of the Druids, yes. Right, magic plan of, if anyone is interested. So, <laughs> he surmounted the difficulties, and she, she, so she took him mistletoe. And at their wedding, she had red roses in her bouquet, which signified love and respect. For uh, Ken, she married Ken. Who else is she going to marry? There's only one man. Well, <laughs> you, you said, I don't know. I don't know how, like... I, she didn't find someone else. George didn't suddenly show up. It was Ken. It was always Ken. The ice hockey, the noble ice hockey player. Who this isn't, this isn't my story. This is Bomb's story. So right. uh, when I put that one together, I thought whoever got it might add in a prince, like an unexpected, oh, he's actually a prince. Oh, that's where the nobility, nobility is. Yeah. 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 sometimes that happens. nobility of character. Yes, but it does go to show you that you need to be careful in picking out your flowers for events. So like a wedding or some kind of um, flower you're sending to somebody. Yeah. They have all kinds of meetings behind right. them. Of course, people have to know. They both have to know the meetings for them yeah. to well, mean anything. it's best to research them because these <laughs> lists are everywhere. But for those of you that are wondering what flowers are good to send for Valentine's Day, obviously red roses uh, meaning love, but you can also send... The variegated tulips are beautiful eyes. Uh, pink camellias, which means longing for you. Uh, red camellias, which is your flame in my heart. White camellias are your adorable. Right. Pink carnations, I'll never forget you. Violets, you t- white violets. T- let's take a chance on happiness. You could send gladiolus because it's the flower of gladiators. <laughs> That's true. If she's making her suitors fight for her. There you go. Uh, red chrysanthemums also mean I love you. It just says, I love, right there. And, of course, <laughs> mistletoe is always a good one. Right. Although right. you don't really send that. <laughs> you just have it. You just conveniently and strategically place it in your house and have a bunch of people come over. And then make sure they point it out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's that above you? And if it's not, if it's a person that you're not interested in, be like, no, that's not mistletoe. <laughs> that's, don't you know? That's holly. That's skisselbow. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you all for participating in the build a plot around your flowers. The and for all build a plot workshop. <laughs> That's right. And for all of you uh, listeners out there, um, be careful in your flower picking. That's right. Choose wisely. So thank you, Dad. Flowers are a staple of Valentine's Day gifts in America. However, there is a growing trend to give unique Valentine's Day gifts as well. 
something that's apart from the status quo and something that your partner won't necessarily forget. So is, are these like the unique Christmas gifts, like the giant taco blanket and... Are they good gifts or are they <laughs> gifts that afterward people are going to go, huh? Well, it well, sounds like I, we'll have to find out. Yeah, I will <laughs> let you judge as I go along. So the first one is a personalized pillow, and I shall show you all a picture. <laughs> personalized now, pillow. Now, this can either be a body pillow oh. that you make <laughs> of yourself or your loved one. <laughs> that you order, for them, right? <laughs> <Yes>. Make for <laughs> <laughs> Or there is the sequence pillows that reveal oh, a secret a picture on the pillow of you and your loved one. Yeah, in this case, they yes. put, well, okay. They have one with a baby on it. It's just the baby. But the other ones have like a couple on it. Yeah. So it's not just like one person. It's yeah. both of them. And those are pretty cute. I get weird vibes off of the body pillow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next one is a personalized keychain. So this is useful to give to your... Um, and I feel like this one is easier to you to get um, for a guy for right. Valentine's Day. Right. Yeah. Something just saying, hey, you know... Thinking about you, useful, but not too... Yeah, to my man, and then, yeah. like, have a How is it quote. personalized? Because you... Is can... it engraved? Is that what yes. you mean by personalized? Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. I wasn't sure if you meant, like, it had her face on it or something. Right. Like, I mean, I'm sure you, they can like, engrave thinking her face Like, thinking of you, here's my face. Here's <laughs> face. Yes. You can do something together. So you can visit a museum, make s'mores in a fire pit or fireplace... Go get ice cream, go to the movies, go bowling, make cookies, think the Hallmark baking montage, and much more. So rather than getting something... Yep, do something together. Exactly. You can fill their car or um, cover their bathroom mirror with heart-shaped sticky notes where you write down all the reasons why you love them. So I feel like this is a very simple thing that many people can do. Right. You couldn't cover their whole car unless that was a really spectacular person. No, 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 no. Like, it, the scene that it gives is like the a, windshield a lot, or something. Yes, a yeah. lot of sticky notes, but not. you're not trying to purposefully Burn cover <laughs> their windshield so that they can't oh, see. Oh, that's cute. It's like on, like on the steering wheel. Yeah, that's fun. And, and their heart shape. On shaped. the seat, yes. Wow, that is fun. That's yeah. cute. It is cute. You can For also people, do that to the bathroom mirror and other things. It's like cute that. to wake up to on a Saturday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the not late for work crap. For, <laughs> for people who like words of affirmation, that is both fun to do, but mm. also fun to get. Yes. Yes, indeed. You can give a personalized game. So, for instance, um, on Pinterest I found a Jenga game. Where they put hearts on the ends and little quotes that say, I love you, and um, you're really good at dot, dot, dot. Oh, personalized for the person you're giving it to. Yeah. Isn't that cute? Does that, you gotta be careful because you don't want to make the game awkward if you're inviting friends to play. (laughs) Right. I love you. You're great at kissing me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, uh, thanks, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You can give unique heart-shaped gifts, for instance. I found a ammo heart-shaped filled box. Oh, that's interesting oh, okay. for the for the gu- somebody who loves guns. Yes. What does it does it say on there? Roses are red, violets are blue. Blue. Here's some ammo. No, let's go pew pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you're hitting things better than stormtroopers are. Yes. If you know what your loved one likes, and there are plenty of heart-shaped boxes out. This time right. of year, yeah. go grab a heart-shaped box and just fill it with the stuff that they like. This one has little itty-bitty bottles of whiskey. 
Because <laughs> that person likes whiskey. Yeah. And what does it say on the inside? Every minute that is spent without you is a minute that is wasted. Uh-huh. Oh, it's very funny. funny, too. Yes. So you can also look up puns on the internet if you um, don't feel like you can make one up yourself. Good point. And finally, another growing trend, which I thought was interesting when I first saw it, is the heart-shaped pizza. Yeah, it's just a regular pizza that's made in a heart shape. And I was wondering what places make these, so like around Valentine's Day. So as of 2019, here are some pizza places that will make heart-shaped pizzas. Papa John's, Papa Murphy's, California Pizza Kitchen, Devani's, Fresh Brothers, Boston's, Hungry Howie's, Mountain Mike's Pizza, and Pizza Hut. When you started out with two Papas, I was thinking Papa Elf. Was you were just yeah, gave her, yeah Papa, Papa Elf will make you a heart shape <laughs> pizza. That's interesting. Papas. Yeah, so a, a, couple, of, a couple of them are just mainstream. Yeah. like like Pizza Hut and oh, Papa yeah. John's mm-hmm. are probably in every town. Like oh, yeah. some of the other ones are more specialized, maybe. But yeah, there are some just plain. Yeah. So if you want something to not necessarily spice up, but something fun to yeah. eat in the evening to either celebrate with your loved one. Or, like, if you make it Valentine's Day more of a family event, like I know um, we have in the past. I was thinking about that, too. You could order heart-shaped pizzas for the family for dinner yeah. that night. Yeah, that's Just make idea. it a little cute tradition. So those are some unique Valentine's Day gifts. There are plenty more out there. So if you have a unique Valentine's Day gift that you love to give to your loved ones, let us know. <laughs> well, those are very fun. Very, very unique. Very unique Valentine's and it helps, Day gift. It helps get the blood flowing. Okay. No, the, thought, <laughs> the thought process, the creative thinking going. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, Thank the, you. That, for both yeah. of you. Yeah, to the brain. The blood flowing to the brain. That's right. For your creative juices flowing is what I was going to say. But that's, yeah. 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 All those things. So our future festivities are for the week of February 10th leading up to Valentine's Day. February 10th is National Umbrella Day. February 11th is National Peppermint Patty Day. February 12th is Abraham Lincoln's birthday. February 13th is National Cheddar Day. February 14th is... Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Right. February 15th is Singles Awareness Day. That's hilarious. Yeah. February 16th is National Do a Grouch of Favor Day. Hmm. Oh. And you can always follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram... Just one word at Holiday Moons. And on Facebook, we have a Facebook page and group where you can search for us in the search bar by searching Holiday Moons. You can contact us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Beth, Cole, Randy, and Sydney, Happy Valentine's Day! In the middle of a good dream Like all at once I wake up From something that keeps knocking at my brain Before I go insane I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed Screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it 
And did not go and shout it when you walked into the room I think I love you I don't know what it's all about I got so much to think about Better stay around and love you Do you think I have a case? 